afternoon. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. I know I am, especially since we had the Game Awards not even that long ago. And by God, was it a long Game Awards. I'm kind of mad that I didn't win myself a Steam Deck, although I was hoping to, but again, who really wins a Steam Deck? If you want a Steam Deck while listening to the Game Awards, please let me know how you did it, who you went to, what, like, prophecies you had to do, because that thing was hard, man. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and get started with today's episode, and we're going to jump right into comics. Now, we're going to start off with Marvel Dark Web issue number one. Now, like I said before, this is talking about Ben and the Goblin Queen. So, Ben, Eve, and the Goblin Queen are plotting their attack, and they will try to overpower their enemies, with especially with the Goblin Queen's army, since she rules over Limbo. Peter and everybody is at the coffee shop to celebrate Harry's birthday since he passed. Peter at this party runs into MJ and they actually get to talking and she doesn't do anything stupid, which is a nice change of pace, especially with Zebel's writing. Anyway, uh, he sees that Norman is outside and com- comforts him as he feels like he's not welcome, especially with his past. Meanwhile, in hell or not hell limbo, It's revealed that Venom is looking for his son and has agreed to help the Goblin Queen since she says she knows where he is. She begins to sing a song while apparently taking something away from Venom. Meanwhile, the X-Men are enjoying Christmas festivities and are attacked by these creatures. Magic recognizes that they are from Limbo and knows who's attacking. They uh, also begin to uh, quip with each other, especially since one of them dated the Goblin Queen before and asked if he's talked to his girlfriend in a while. That I thought was hilarious. Anyway, uh, Spider-Man, seeing these monsters come up, gears up and begins to try to find out how he's going to move because it's he's not used to these types of bad guys. Ben goes and confronts Harry and tells him, not Harry, Norman, and tells him that he remembers... Uh, everything that Norman did to Peter and technically what Norman did to him. Norman puts on his glider suit and Ben tells him that he posed as Peter Parker and messed with it. It explodes, leaving Norman defenseless while Ben basically beats him. Meanwhile, Madeline tells Venom that they had a deal and Venom gets like starts smelling the air and launches him into the night, saying that he can smell him and says that he's going to eat Spider-Man's brain. The Goblin Queen admits that they may have taken too much from Venom. And after that, uh, they talk about uh, basically how they're going to still plan out their attack. Now, I got to say, I don't know what the heck they did to Venom or why Zeb Wells hates character development. I really don't. Venom, I don't understand why they did that to Venom. He hasn't been a mindless monster in forever. Like, we've been through, we've been past this. He did the same thing with uh, Sinister Six because he couldn't write a decent, I don't know, decent issue, especially with it being the 900th. I mean, seriously, how hard is it to write a decent issue or leave character development as it is? I mean, Venom, why are you turning Eddie Brock back into a mindless just a mindless villain again. It makes no sense, but I mean, again, what do we exa- expect from Zebwell's writing? Hopefully it gets better. I mean, who knows? I was hoping for quality, but again, we'll see what happens. It's Zebwell's. Not really the best, but we'll see where it goes. Anyway, moving on, we're going to be talking about Immortal X-Men issue number 9. Now, the reason why I'm going over issue number 9 is because this is supposed to be a prelude to the next event, which is called the Sins of Sinister. 
Anyway, uh, Sinister walks into the Quiet Council, which consists of the leaders of the X-Men, and everyone is recovering from the events of Judgment Day. Uh, Destiny, who can predict the future, uh, says that Sinister is trying to kill Hope. Uh, Sinister calls Destiny a spoil sport and is killed by Exodius. It is revealed that he created clones of Moria. Now, if you don't remember Moria, she is a mutant with the ability to die and re go back in time to, like, the point to where she was born and stuff like that. Sinister has mutated this, made clones, so they can be reborn and send him back at certain points. It's actually a very interesting thing because... With this, Sinister can basically turn Groundhog Day to a weapon, which I think is pretty cool. Anyway, uh, one thing he begins to do is plan out each attack. He goes in doing a different type of attack, targeting different people, is killed, go back to the drawing board, rinse and repeat. At one point, he actually does kill uh, Hope, but is killed by Storm. So he's got a plan for that. Uh, one point, he kills mostly everybody just to be killed by Emma Frost in her diamond form. Got a plan for that. Now, uh, one thing he does as well is he attempts to recruit people, but that fails and just tries a moria of different things. After many attempts, he figures out a way to do uh, what he needs to do. He basically creates a trap for the telepaths and have a psychic relapse that basically implodes most of the psychics. The only one standing is Hope and Exodius. He kills Exodius and then kills Hope. Shaw, Kitty, Nightcrawler, and some of the others are still alive and are freaking out, especially Shaw, because if Hope is dead, they cannot resurrect anybody. They Their only hope is to find the backup and hope that they can resurrect Hope so they're able to resurrect the other. Kitty is also looking for Sinister and says that they need to stop him, which is actually a smart idea because even if they resurrect Hope, even if they do all this point, if they don't catch Sinister, it means nothing because he can just go back in time and they're back to where they started. And it's kind of interesting. Like I said, this is kind of like Groundhog Day, but with the person going back in the past actually in control and actually using it as a weapon. I love it. Kind of reminds me of the game Deathloop. But hopefully we're able to see some cool stuff and I can't wait to see what issue 10 reveals because... Honestly, The Sins of Sinister is definitely cool, and for once, it's not a symbiote event. So, I'm happy about that. Anyway, that's it for Marvel. We're going to be moving on to DC. Uh, this is going to be talking about Batman and the Joker, The Deadly Duel, issue number two. And the art style is still amazing. The story is definitely getting interesting. I don't know where it's leading, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, on the last issue, Batman and the Joker are surrounded by monsters. Batman and the Joker basically start to fend them off after Batman uses a batarang to untie the Joker. While they're fighting, they definitely get the sense of, hey, I'm not going to win because these guys are really tough. They try to escape with uh, Joker falling off the building because when he threw someone off, he forgot that he was still tied to them. Anyway, they crash through another building and Batman gets bit. Uh, he starts to feel lightheaded and they both go into the Batmobile and Batman ends up passing out because of an infection that starts to infect him. Anyway, uh, after uh, they get back to the Batcave, Batman has slept for 14 hours and is awakened by Alfred and Dick. Uh, they reveal that there was a tooth embedded into his shoulder. And when they were trying to look at the DNA, they realized that this is a new organism that was combined with normal DNA to create something new. And it's still regenerating even after the person's death. The Joker is tied up in the Batmobile and warns them that he drank a lot of iced tea, so they're going to need a mop. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, they basically cover his head and put soundproof headphones on to leave him in the Batcave. Meanwhile, Batman goes to Bullock and explains the situation, and Bullock tells him that they received a body part and they don't know who it is. Batman reveals that it's Jim Gordon's. Uh, Batman gets a ping from a Joker's phone, which he never usually has, and this is given to him by the same person who kidnapped Harley. He goes to the uh, where the location is, which is the Wayne, old Wayne recycling plant, where he finds a lot of these creatures. He hears a voice, and he asks Batman where the Joker is, and Batman tells him he's replacing the Joker in this task. He goes into the recycling plant and is shown two people. The voice tells him that Batman has 15 minutes to decide who dies. Meanwhile, back in the Batcave, an alert goes off and a computer recognizes the mutation and it gets louder because the mutation is growing bigger to the point where it cracks the glass. Joker is still tied to his chair, bag over his head, soundproof headphones while Dick is asleep. And the issue ends. I gotta say, I'm liking it. It's very different. I'm liking the fact that uh, Joker is kind of crazy and compliments Batman in their fighting styles. And honestly, one of the biggest things I like is the fact that I feel like Joker can still hear and see everything that's going on. It's crazy, but I mean, it's not on Joker. So we'll see what happens, and I'm excited for the next issue. Anyway, that's it for comics. We're going to jump into TV shows. Now, the Bad Bad Season 2 trailer dropped. Well, a more recent trailer, and I gotta say... It looks like it's going to be so much fun. The gang is exploring more and more of the galaxy. Omega is now more involved in the missions where before they would have left her behind. And it seems like she's getting more and more better with the bow. Now, Commander Cody has been shown in the trailer, which is amazing because honestly, no one knows what happened to him after episode three. Everyone knows what happens to Rex because he shows up in Rebels, but Commander Cody is the anomaly here. Who knows, maybe he ends up getting a higher position in the Empire, maybe he dies. Honestly, when it comes to Commander Cody, I'm excited to see what comes next, and I'm excited to see how well this Empire shows up, and who's going to show up, because we already see Palpatine in this trailer, so we know he's going to be more and more involved. Who knows, maybe Vader's going to show up, or it's going to show how the they make the um, Inquisitors, that would be amazing. Them going into detail with the show, especially with uh, Jedi Survivor coming about, that would be actually kind of cool. Anyway, uh, moving on, Vox Machina clip was released showing that the crew is in for a wild ride. The dragons are going to be attacking the city area. They're going to try to escape. And with uh, this coming out next month, with the Bad Batch releasing around the same time, January is going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. Anyway, moving on, Arcane. Uh, League of Legends won Best Adaptation at the Game Awards, and I gotta say, I'm super happy for the show. That show was amazing, the storytelling was on point, and honestly, in my opinion, I thought Cyberpunk was gonna win. Cyberpunk was also amazing, it was fantastic, both released by Netflix, so even if one won or the other, still a W for Netflix. It was amazing. I honestly was not that mad when Arcane won, because it was a show that definitely deserved a W as well. So... I can't wait to see what season two brings, and hopefully it's good. Moving on, there's a new uh, two movies. There's a new Mario clip from the Game Awards, and it shows somewhat of the Mushroom Kingdom. And I gotta say, the Mushroom Kingdom looks awesome. The design, the uh, background sounds, and you see some similarities from previous games like Super Mario 3D World. Uh, the castle looks a lot like uh, Super Mario 64, 
And I gotta say, it's great to see my childhood come to life, especially when it comes to this. Uh, Mario has been a big part of my life, and I know it's they basically touched everyone else's lives from previous generations, from the 80s to even now. I'm excited for it, and I can't wait to see the movie in April. Moving on, The Pale Blue Eye is an interesting, interesting take on Edgar Allan Poe. So this is going to be somewhat similar to the Raven movie that came out like 10 years ago. Edgar Allan Poe is young in this one and it's before he started writing poetry and he's helping a detective solve a murder. So who knows? I'm excited to see what it is, especially if Christian Bale is going to be in it because most of the movies he's in is pretty good. So I'm excited to see what happens. Moving on, uh, I saw a clip for the new Grinch parody movie, The Mean One, and <laughs> I thought it was going to be a B-rated movie. I was wrong. It's going to be like a C or a D-rated movie. The budget looks extremely, extremely low, and honestly, they're just going with it, and I think that's brave. I really do. I'm excited to see what happens. I may watch it and never watch it again. Who knows? Maybe it'll be funny. I just, I, I, I'm not a big fan of these types of movies because they're usually bad. I mean, what was the last movie I saw like this? Oh yeah. Zombies, uh, redneck zombies. Was it redneck zombies? I think it was redneck zombies. That was a bad movie. It was hilariously bad, but just you regret watching it afterwards. Anyway, uh, moving on a new trailer for Megan has dropped and I gotta say, it looks like it's going to be an interesting movie. The whole, oh, we're going to assign this AI doll to a girl, uh, tell her to protect, and it goes overboard with that. I think that's pretty good. The design for Megan is pretty interesting. She's not Chucky small, so that's pretty cool. And the fact that, like, it's not a spirit or magic, it's just an AI go wrong, and it's able to hack stuff, is definitely a more modern take. I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see what happens, and hopefully it's good and not tacky, because there's so many ways you can go tacky. Uh, moving on, I want to talk about DC, and right now, the DC Universe does not look good. It's already been announced that Aquaman will not be reprising his role, or Jason Momoa, and he's actually going to be recast as Lobo, which I think is not a bad idea, but I think it's going to be a little bit confusing and whatever, especially since Aquaman 2 is supposed to be releasing. I guess they're really, really trying to get away from Amber Heard. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Man of Steel 2 is apparently not in the cards yet since uh, DC wants to do a full-on reboot. And WW3, Wonder Woman 3, is not happening. Apparently, the producers had some serious doubts on Patty Jenkins' sequel. And she got pissed to the point where she emailed the producers a link to character art. And I gotta say, she should be really careful on what she does because her last movie, 1984 was not met with really good reviews and met with a lot of criticisms. I know I don't know about you, but I mean she was supposed to release the what was that one? Uh Rogue Pilots, uh Star Wars one. They had the trailer for it or at least like an idea and they didn't go anything with it. So I just gotta say she has to be very careful because besides the Wonder Woman movies, I can't really think of any other movie she's known for. And she burns that bridge and becomes known to be unworkable. Uh, that's not a good thing. Anyway, we won't know anything more concrete until things are sorted out in DC. All I know is, oh yeah, that's right, the other movie that was canceled, a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton. They actually were going to do that and it got canceled, but I mean, I guess I see why 
They don't want to do like three, four Batman movies, which I get it. Anyway, moving on and speaking of the Batman or something similar to it, a new image for the Joker movie has dropped and it's very weird. It has Arthur getting his uh, face shaved. And while I have no idea what the heck it means or where in the movie that will come to play, I mean, it's just the Joker getting his face shaved. So beginning, middle, end, who knows? I'm excited for this movie. The first movie was amazing, and I know a lot of people are kind of weirded out that this is going to be a musical, but I'm not. I mean, listen, it's the Joker. He's meant to be weird. He's meant to be crazy, unpredictable. He's a killer for crying out loud. If his movie is going to be a musical, why not? That adds to the mystique. That adds to the craziness, the monsters running around in his head. I say go for it. It's definitely a different take. And since the first one wasn't a musical, we all we don't know what to expect from the next one. Like I said, I'm excited for it and we'll see where it goes. Moving on to video games. I gotta say, the Game Awards was amazing. Seeing all the awards be presented, everyone's speeches. And I know a lot of people complained about Christopher Judge's speech being too long, but I didn't mind it. It basically, he won. I don't think he expected to win, but he was loving it. He was in the moment. And not to mention, I'll say this, he probably helped a lot more people win Steam Decks if his speech wasn't eight minutes long. And you know what? It was good to see this man happy. Uh, one thing I did find weird was Al Pacino. I mean, I get it. It was cool to see The Godfather up there, but I mean, he even joked that he couldn't see the teleprompter and it was kind of awkward. So, I mean, like I said, I was super happy to see Al Pacino and a lot of people keep referencing his Jack and Jill song, which is... Uh, that was weird. No idea how Adam Sandler convinced him to do it, but who knows? Anyway, uh, one thing I loved was the fact that this Game Awards was a big W for Sony, with God of War Ragnarok winning a lot of awards, and so did Gran Turismo. Uh, one thing that's, uh, one thing that was kind of sad for me, but I mean, if it was gonna win, I had rather it be that game was Elden Ring. Elden Ring won Game of the Year, took the crown, which was really good. And you know what, like I said, I'm kind of sad that God of War didn't get the W, but if it was going to be a gay, another game to win, I would have rather it be Elden Ring than anything else. One thing I'll say that I did find funny was the fact that Marvel Snap won Mobile Game of the Year, even though it was only out for like a month and a half. Then again, so was God of War, but I mean still, and it was able to beat a gay, other mobile games. One thing I found hilarious was for the strategic game of the awards, Mario beat out Warhammer. I know a couple of friends of mine are probably smashing their head into a wall since they're big Warhammer fans and no idea how Mario beat them. Anyway, moving on and still talking about the game awards, uh, Jedi Survivor trailer dropped and it looks amazing, especially with the gameplay. I'm super happy we're able to dual wield now. I get it. We had the dual blade, which is cool, but... It was always weird that we weren't able to dual wield, especially since one of the attacks basically had him dual wielding, at least for some of it. I'm very curious to see how that extra fighting style will come into play. Hopefully it's good and hopefully it's definitely different from single wield. Uh, one thing I loved was the fact that they're adding a grappling hook, which is a great addition. And I'm hoping that they're able to expand and make the areas interesting. I loved uh, Fallen Order. I basically explored everything. Bought the optional bosses because I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this right. 
I know exactly what I'm going to be upgrading because the last time I, when I faced the last boss, I didn't upgrade the sim stems to where I regained my force stuff. That was my biggest mistake. That's why it took so long to beat this, uh, beat the ninth sister. Anyway, I'm super excited. Oh, was it the fifth sister? Oh God, now I'm confused. Anyway, uh, one thing I did find interesting was that we didn't see some of the old characters like Grease or Marin, the night sister. Uh, the only person we saw from the old game was, of course, BB1, BB, uh, BB1 and Siri or S Sarah. I forget how you pronounce that girl's name. Uh, basically, the former Jedi from the last game. She looks very different and seems more with the Force than she did before. Especially since she's apparently the new librarian of what they have collected so far. Uh, I saw a Bacta tank and a lot of people are saying that it could be Starkiller in the Bacta tank. Who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe we could be wrong. But I'm seriously excited to see what comes next. Especially since this takes place in 9 BBY, which is 9 years before A New Hope. So characters can die, we can meet new ones, and it's going to be crazy. Uh, this is definitely going to be an instant pre-order for me. One thing I'll say is we know that the Grand Inquisitor is going to be the main villain in this one. Which is kind of scary because we know he doesn't die until Rebels, which is maybe a couple years, three, four years after this game. So we know he can't die. Cal Kestis, on the other hand, we don't know. He doesn't show up in Rebels. He doesn't show up in any other medium. So he could die in this game and it'd be protecting something. Like I said, we don't know much about Cal Kestis after the whole Empire Hopefully he lives because that would really suck if we're playing this guy and he dies at the end. Anyway, moving on, a good surprise reveal at the Game Awards was the announcement of Hades 2. I loved the original Hades. I thought it was a fantastic game. And we're going to be following Hades' daughter, Melanion. Melanie, or I don't even know how to pronounce that name. It's very weird spelling. Who's going to be trying to escape hell. Right now, there's not really any details about the game besides what was in the trailer. And if it's Anything like uh, the original uh, Hades game, it's definitely going to be a great contender for Game of the Year. Anyway, our Returnal and Last of Us Part 1 is coming to PC. I know I talked about Last of Us Part 1 as a money grab, but considering uh, Last of Us hasn't come to PC, if you haven't played the game and you haven't played Returnal either, definitely a great uh, game to add to your library. It's fantastic. It's great. And, I mean, when it comes to Returnal, you'll probably bang your head against the wall. But since they added multiplayer, maybe not so much. But if you haven't played this game before, definitely give them a try. A game that I was very surprised to see was Hellboy, Web of Weird. I was very uh, surprised to see this. It's an interesting game. I mean, we didn't really get that much gameplay. But the graphic art is definitely inspired from the comics because he looks like you just took the game and inserted the comic art and basically that's what you have. There isn't really much info in the game, but like I said, it does seem very interesting. Uh, one thing that I was very surprised was the fact that the same studio that brought everyone Bioshock is back for another game uh, called Judas, where apparently we're supposed to be making friends to survive this apocalyptic world, and it's going to be another narrative first-person shooter, but like I said, I don't really know much of the story. It hasn't been released, and knowing the game studio behind Bioshock, it's going to be crazy. I'm probably going to have to look at videos just to understand what the hell I'm playing. And I'm excited for that. Moving on, Horizon Zero West new DLC was announced, which isn't surprising. I mean, I knew Horizon was going to get a DLC. The first game got a DLC and it's pretty good. 
This one is called Burning Shores. And it looks great. Uh, Alo is going to be going to Los Angeles and most likely going to trying to find a way to stop the AI with the Technoch uh, technology or whatever however you pronounce that village. Anyway, uh, while in Los Angeles, you have to stop a new threat and you kind of saw that new threat going and rampaging through Los Angeles and it looks crazy. Uh, the one thing that's going to annoy me is I properly used up all my crafting stuff while stopping the original boss in the second game. And I'm going to have to start crafting again. Yay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to upgrade stuff. I might play the game a little bit uh, with the post stuff to kind of get the good equipment. So when I do play um, Burning Shores, I don't go in and be like instant killed because that's the last thing I need right now. Anyway, moving on, Lightfall expansion trailer for De Destiny 2 was released, and I've got to say, it looks okay. I mean, Destiny really hasn't been doing anything for me lately, and it's kind of getting tiring where they put out a new expansion, and look at that, a new ability! They give you a new ability that was hidden, and all, I don't know, I, I'm getting tired of that cliche. I mean, when was the last time we got a DLC that didn't give us a new ability? It's like the second or third time already. I'm, I'm excited for something more. I want something different. Maybe like an attack on the tower happens and everyone has to fight. Like, not like they did in the beginning campaign. What I mean is basically you have to fight this, like you have to fight off waves and waves and whatever the outcome is, how many people are left, that's what happens. That's how the story takes place. That would be kind of cool. Like we're all getting overwhelmed. Everyone has to fight. It's an online event. And that's how the story will continue or how they'll bump off from the series. But who knows? It's Destiny. I mean, we'll see how long it lasts. Anyway, moving on. A game. <laughs> a game I did not think was happening at all. Especially how the first game. Didn't have that many well-met sales or didn't have a lot of compliments and was basically known as The Walking Simulator gets a sequel. Yes, Death Stranding 2 is coming out. I When I saw the trailer, I was like, I know I already saw when I saw Kojimo's name. I'm like, what game is this? It looks really good. And then I saw the baby and I'm like, stop. It cannot be a Death Stranding sequel. And Apparently it was a Death Stranding sequel. Maybe it's going to be something more than a freaking walking simulator than the first one was. Who knows? I may actually have to replay the first game. I have it. I just hadn't had the time or the inclination to play it after playing an hour of the first game. But who knows? Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. But with second one coming out, I may just skip to that one. It's definitely going to be interesting. I'll leave it at that. Anyway... Moving on, Tekken 8 looks amazing. The graphics seem crazy, and I honestly can't wait to play it. I'm a big Tekken fan, more than I am a Street Fighter fan, so I can't wait to play it. A trailer which actually surprised me, really, really surprised me, was Transformers Reactivate. The trailer was great. I actually thought it wasn't a Transformers game. Actually, Transformers wasn't even in my mind. I thought it was a Titanfall game. I was like, yes. Titanfall, let's go. And I saw Transformers reactivate. I'm like, really? Am I mad it's not a Titanfall game? I mean, not really. Because the graphics is good. And I mean, Transformers never really had a great luck when it comes to video games. Maybe a one or two here and there. So I'm actually very excited to see how this does. 
I'm hoping it's good because honestly, Transformers definitely needs a W. Anyway, uh, moving on, Fire Emblem Engage is coming as uh, getting a DLC coming out. And I know a bunch of my friends are excited for it. I've never really been a big fan of the series, but they are, so we'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of new DLC, Cyberpunk is coming out with a new DLC and we'll have Idris Elba in the game. It's very gonna, definitely going to be very interesting. I'm hoping the DLC brings Cyberpunk to its hyped glory. And while things have definitely gotten better, its reputation is definitely tainted. The anime definitely did some help with it, but I don't know. Maybe it'll be good, maybe it won't. When it comes to Cyberpunk, you never know. Moving on, Crash Rumble is coming out, which is a team-based game where people get to choose their character and play against each other. Nothing really wasn't given out in the trailer other than there's a story tied to this and apparently it's supposed to be in the same style as the other Crash games, which will be good. But the question still remains, will this be worth $70? In my opinion, it will not. But again, who knows? Uh, moving on, Lords of the Fallen is coming out and it definitely looks like a um, Dark Souls game. Although I'll say it'll have some really hard competition, especially with Elden Ring, with all the DLC they're dropping on Elden Ring. It's definitely going to be hard for a new Souls-like game to come and try to take its glory. Who knows? Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Uh, Modern Warfare 2 is doing raids now. And this should make it very interesting. I'm hoping that everyone's squads are ready to go with their mics on. Because if you try to kind of wing it, you're going to die. Like, there's no forgiving in this one. You guys have to work together as a team. It's kind of like uh, GTA. I mean, you can just go crazy with the raids, but unless you guys have a thought-out plan and actually work together as a team, it's not happening at all. So, like I said, I'm excited to see what happens. And hopefully, Modern Warfare 2's raids are really good. Anyway, that's it for video games. We're moving on to nerd theories. So... I know with the Game Awards uh, basically ending, everyone's looking forward to see what comes next. So my theory for right now is I believe Spider-Man 2, when it's released in 2023, will win Game of the Year. Yes, I believe that Spider-Man 2 is going to win 2023's Game of the Year. You know why? Because 2023 doesn't have that many big contenders. I mean, yes, you have Hades 2, Bioshock's new game and Final Fantasy 16 but in regards to story and consistency I gotta say Spider-Man has been consistent the first Spider-Man game Miles Morales and the fact that you'll be able to play as both of these characters with Venom and Kraven being the main villains is definitely going to be interesting I'm hoping that it will win game of the year who knows maybe Judas and Final Fantasy 16 or Hades 2 will pop in surprise everybody but like I said, I'm throwing in my prediction early and Spider-Man 2 will definitely win Game of the Years. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm right, you heard it here first. Anyway, that's it for my theories. Uh, my current events is uh, talking about that random kid that went up to the Game Awards. I don't know if any of you guys turned it off after Elden Ring was named the winner. But there was this kid who went up and basically thanked his rabbi, Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Clinton, that was confusing. And get this, this isn't the first time this dude has done this before. I mean, seriously, how laxed was security? I wonder if this was like some type of stunt or something. Honestly, I hope this doesn't happen in a future award. And I do hope they ban him. You know why? I mean, okay, I get it, it was funny. 
but it kind of takes away from the people who won these awards. I mean, they put in the hard work. That should be their moment. Not some random kid who decided, hey, let me get my five seconds of fame. Anyway, uh, that's about it for current events. I gotta say, this was a very interesting week. Like I said, the Game Awards was amazing. I wished I went a Steam Deck, but I don't know. Maybe I didn't sacrifice enough chickens. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you guys have a good one. Next week is when I'm going to be doing my review, my spoiler review of Violent Nights and, of course, Black Panther. I think about a month and a half is enough time. And uh, I believe next week will be my last episode until the new year because I'm definitely not doing this on Christmas Day and definitely not doing this on New Year's. So see you guys next week for this year's final episode. Sayonara. See you later. And you guys have a blessed one. Goodbye.